The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The Chicago Bulls face a familiar opponent today when they face the Philadelphia 76ers the second game in a row. We're going to talk about how the Bulls can have that success that they had last time against the 76ers again tonight. We're also going to ask, is Billy Donovan a better defensive coach than sometimes we give him credit for considering where the Bulls rank defensively? And the last thing, we're going to go over the Bulls' remaining schedule left and how it's going to affect the playing race. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And right off the top, if you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And today, the Chicago Bulls face off against the Philadelphia 76ers. And all the same things that we said before still apply tonight now Ellis Caruso and James Harden are both listed as questionable for this game but I have uh, a high you know uh, suspicion that that James Harden is going to play that James Harden may even be looking to re- rebound from him going eight of 44 in the in the series so far against the 76ers so maybe James Harden is going to be looking if he does not play I'm fully going to keep be on the bandwagon of James Harden is ducking the Chicago Bulls is that true probably not but hey I'm going to say it here because that's what I wanted to say oh but with that being said If he does play, how does James Harden rebound after two bad performances against the Bulls? Does he come in and play uh, focused? Does he play a level and just tries to play through his game? He's having a hell of a season, right? I don't want to take that away from him, but he's completely sucked against the Chicago Bulls. So does he come in looking to really, uh, you know, get off that stigma and kill the Chicago Bulls? It's fully possible as well. How do the Bulls defend Joel Embiid? Joel got his numbers uh, uh, last game against against, uh, the Chicago Bulls. But one of the things that, that, the Bulls did do well is they made they contained him in the first half and even when he did start going off on us they forced him to, to shoot those mid-range shots that he can still knock down but they kept him from getting close to the rim and if the Bulls try to uh implore a similar game plan does Embiid go to that mid-range shot a little bit earlier and does he uh, do what he's, he usually does when Embiid doesn't have a, a good first half or a great first half he just steadily keeps attacking, finds different ways to score, and he eventually gets his numbers. And he's going to get his tonight against the Chicago Bulls. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If Joel Embiid doesn't get his, then, you know, somebody else probably went off in that case. But he's going to get his points. And we know that we don't have anybody and there isn't anybody probably in the NBA that can shut down James Harden completely. So he's going to get his points. What the Bulls need to do is do similar to what they did last game. And that is play, defend everyone else around them, around him, I should say, very well. Can you keep James Harden from having a big game? Can you keep Tyrese Maxey from going completely nuclear against you? He's going to probably get his too. There's going to be another player to get his, but do you make it an inefficient scoring night for Maxey, right? Zach Levine, uh, you know, uh, Alex Caruso, if he does play, um, uh, 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 Pat Bev, Io DeSumo, Patrick Williams, who got on Maxey and Harden as well last game. Those are going to be the people who are guarding Tyrese Maxey throughout this game. And so, you know, here what I want to see is, is Zach Levine have a good enough defensive game to where if we do see a Patrick Williams or a Pat Bev on Maxi late in the game, it's just because, you know, it's just late in the game and Zach Levine's done a pretty good job up until that point. 
Tobias Harris as well. That Tobias Harris matchup and how DeMar DeRozan does in that matchup is keenly important for the Bulls to find success against the 76ers. Now, I will say this, right? We know that DeMar DeRozan isn't the greatest defender. Tobias Harris is an okay defender, right? So they kind of nullify each other in that sense, but we want to see DeMar continue to do some of the things defensively that DeMar's been doing in this recent stretch. Playing the passing lanes well. Playing on-ball defense, okay, it's off-ball. He gets caught slipping a couple of times. He gets caught slipping in both ways, but DeMar has been enough defensively for the long part of the game. Yes, he still is going to have his defensive lapses completely, but he's been enough for the majority of the game here lately, right? We need him to see that. We need him to continue to do that as well. P.J. Tucker also listed this question on day-to-day. Does he play tonight um, against the Chicago Bulls? And if he doesn't play, it really does change the matchup a, a lot. But if he does, we that's a bruiser. And to have Alice Caruso, if he does play himself, being that starting lineup against P.J. Tucker, I just think will never work. So we're probably going to see a similar starting lineup to the Chicago Bulls as what we had last game. Probably going to be Patrick Williams out there. Well, I think this is the right matchup for it. I think we need his size. I think Patrick Williams did a really good job defensively and also, you know, did an okay job on the boards, getting some boards that we needed. And that brings us to the next point. The team has to rebound as a team. Against the Philadelphia 76ers, we were still out-rebounded, I think, by double digits in the last game. The Bulls are going to have to rebound as a team. Now, are they going to match the rebounding of the Philadelphia 76ers? That's a tall order to ask. But um, as I forget to turn on my lights, you know, late is never is better than never. Um, so we're gonna need to see that as well from the Chicago Bulls in this game. How this team plays, how this team performs um on the defensive side and and takes care of the basketball to limit those turnovers is gonna be important for anything that the Bulls do. But which team shoots a better percentage? Do we see another grinded out defensive performance for both teams? Or do we have teams that shoot the ball better, especially from three? If either team gets hot from three, it changes the outlook of how that last game looked. Does Do both teams struggle from the three-point line again? Does one fare better than the other? Do they both shoot the three ball well? The Chicago Bulls are taking almost double the amount of three-pointers that they did earlier in the season in just the last three games. The Chicago Bulls are shooting threes. A lot of that, DeMar DeRozan, well, some of that, I want to say a lot, is DeMar DeRozan. Patrick Beverly shooting any open three that he gets. Yes, the Bulls' volume of three-point shots are going up. Thus, their makes are going up as well, even though they're not shooting effective percentages. And we're seeing that work in the Bulls' favor. Of course, we want to see them take effective shots and hit the ball effectively. But if the Bulls can continue to to play a more modern-style offense with taking more threes, right or wrong, that's where the NBA is right now. It definitely helps. The Bulls need to shoot the ball overall better from the field also. Um, But we'll see. If it's another grinded-out game, if both teams shoot like crap, uh, then it's just who can who can who can step it up defensively in the right moments and be on the lookout as well in this game for Joel Embiid to avoid foul trouble. That's going to be something big that Joel Embiid's probably going to try to do, considering he fouled out last game, even though he played 11 minutes after getting his fifth foul, which is just huge. And shout out to Joel Embiid for being able to stay on the floor. But you know we need to look out for that as well. Our big three to, to end this whole little pregame pre- preview conversation. Our big three showed up like a big. Three. They made their mistakes, especially in DeMar and Zach having key turnovers in in places where the Bulls were trying to go and run that luckily didn't result in a loss. But the big three we're going to need to step up, especially in these playoff atmosphere type games. We're in the UC tonight. We're at home against a team that we just punched in the face. Best believe they're coming out giving everything to us today. And so we have to be prepared to defend well. We have to be prepared for the runs. We have to be be prepared to, to perform as if. This was a playoff game. And if the Bulls do that, if Billy Donovan continues uh, coaching at least the defensive side and making some adjustments defensively a little bit better, the sky's the limit for the Chicago Bulls, as we've all known all season long, which brings us to the next topic for today. Billy Donovan. The Bulls are playing 
some of the best defense in the NBA since the All-Star break. And while I have my gripes with Billy Donovan and his play calling at times, while I have my gripes with Billy Donovan and how he uses his players on offense, hell, I even have my gripes with Billy Donovan with how this team, uh, the rotations of this team at times, we're not having size out there when we need some size, when we got healthy size on the bench. But one of the best things that Billy Donovan has done this season is the defensive side of the ball. We have been, I told you guys, literally since about mid-December, we've been one of the best teams in the NBA. Since the All-Star break, we've been the best defensive team in the NBA next to the Philadelphia 76 So I want to give credit where credit's due. I throw critique, but regardless of what it is, if it's Patrick Beverly's communication, and again, that's why I pointed back that we've been better defensively since midpoint, midway of December. The coaching staff of, the, of this team has done a pretty good job at defensively using the players that we have that aren't necessarily the best one-on-one defenders, but using you creating a game plan that has been near effective and it's been way more effective late as it than than it was even in mid-December when our defense started started to stepping up. Our offenses also step up. So the combination of those two things has definitely helped the Chicago Bulls. But I will say, and I do want to point out whether it's Billy Donovan, whether there's just the coaching staff overall, whether one of the assistant coaches is playing defensive coordinator. The brand of defense that the Chicago Bulls are playing right now is probably the most sustainable thing about the team, right? Because shooting, hot shooting, cold shooting, Zach Levine scoring or averaging over 30 points on 50% shooting, that's not sustainable. Defense is always one of the most sustainable things in the NBA. And the brand of defense that the Bulls are playing is what has really helped kick off this run into where the Bulls are looking more and more like a playoff team every single game. And the players deserve their, it's not all on coaching, the players deserve their credit for it as well because they are playing playoff type defense when the, when the, when the, other teams are going on runs. When they lose leads, they are relying on their defense. They are understanding that they need to, to, to lock in defensively, getting to the loose balls, rebounding the ball, get, getting turnovers, getting out in transition. These are things that the Bulls are doing defensively, right? Defensively, attacking, the, having great point of attack defense. Even Nikola Vucevic, if you look over the last couple of games, has been way better at deterring shots, not shot blocking, but deterring shots and playing against better centers defensively and forcing them to guard him offensively but the defense and that identity that the Chicago Bulls have brought the communication on defense Alex Caruso and Pat Bev when they were in the starting lineup it helps the defense be better because of how they communicate and their defensive basketball IQ or basketball IQ overall because they're both really smart basketball players but when you look at a team that has questionable defenders at every level right Zach Levine questionable defender can be really good at times Hasn't really been consistent. DeMar DeRozan, I already know I think he's one of the worst defensive players I've seen in my life. But again, he's been playing, getting getting steals. And last game, every one of the big three having three or more steals in that game. Nikola Vucevic, just talked about him. Questionable defender, but he's been playing pretty well. Kobe White stepped up defensively. Huge time. I would assume who stepped back defensively hugely this season. But the Bulls... Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL 
But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill are playing really good defense and that defense that they're playing is what is catapulting them to get to the point that they are yes the offense has been great at times but we all know when it comes down to it in the playoffs when it comes down to it in playoff atmosphere type games and in games where things are just ugly you can't hit your shot how you play defense dictates that game and the bulls billy donovan the coaching staff whoever you want to put that on has been really good at focusing on that defensive side of the ball, and it hopefully is going to get the Bulls into the the desired play-in area, playoff area, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully it's coming for the Chicago Bulls, and this level of play that they're giving you is the best indicator that this is going to be something that may be sustainable. Let's see. Bulls have 11 games left on the season. Let's see what these 11, the, the record over these 11 games are. Now, Speaking of record, before we end the show today, I want to talk about where the Bulls sit in that playing race. This is probably going to be a small segment on every episode until the end of the season with only 11 games left, by the way. So the Bulls right now have 11 games remaining on the season. Five of those games are against teams that are at 500 or above. We have the eighth easiest schedule in the remaining schedule in the NBA for the remaining part of this season. When you compare that to the teams that are around our area, I'm sorry, we have the 19th toughest schedule, which is, if I'm calculating things correctly, that's the 11th easiest schedule in the NBA. There you go. Math don't be mathing sometimes. But when you look at the Atlanta Hawks, for example, a team above us, they have six games left on, uh, they have 11 games as well, six games left of uh, teams 500 or above. Over that time period, they have the seventh toughest remaining schedule left in the NBA. The Toronto Raptors, who have five games at, uh, with teams above 500 or at 500, And when you look at them, they have the 15th toughest schedule in the NBA, still tougher than the Chicago Bulls. The Washington Wizards, another team around us, they have five games remaining against teams at 500 or above. They have 11 games left as well. They have the 18th toughest schedule in the NBA, another tougher schedule than the Chicago Bulls. And then we come to the Indiana Pacers. They have six games left against teams at 500 or above, and they have the fourth toughest schedule remaining in the NBA. What does that mean? That means that on this, in this remaining 11-game stretch, the Chicago Bulls not only come in with the easiest schedule out of the teams in that playing area, on top of that, they also have one of the lower amount of teams above 500, which we fared pretty well against the teams ab- above 500 so far this season. The Bulls are in a position to possibly do something that we didn't necessarily think with how sucky this season has been that was going to come for the Chicago Bulls, and that is maybe even getting to 500. Now, as I've been saying to you guys and telling you guys, there's nothing that changes to me what needs to happen with this team in this offseason besides the team possibly winning a playoff series. Now, that's that's unlikely to come. And with the play that we've said, I can realistically say as well, maybe that changes a little bit more as far as what we what parts we need to retool with the way that the big three are playing now that they have a point guard in Pat Bev. I still think that if we can, we need to try to go out this offseason and get a 
a point guard better than Patrick Beverly. Would still love to re-sign him for him to come back. But if all things are equal and we make adjustments in other places and bring in some more size and shooting to the bench, then we have to roll into the next season with Patrick Beverly, our starting point guard. I'm not necessarily hating it right now. So the Bulls have uh, a, a chance. They have a fighting chance to get to where we want and need them to get to. And that's that playing area. They're, they hold a two and a half game advantage over the two teams below them. Let's hope that that continues for the Chicago Bulls. Now, before we go, we got two voicemails to get into. This first one is from the 630. What's up, Hayes? Dude, hell of a win last night. Hell of a win. Uh, defense came out huge. Uh, they just kept on being persistent, man. I, I loved watching it and loved hearing about it and loved seeing it. I loved everything, man. I saw red last night. Uh, the reason why I'm calling in is I was doing the math, and we have, out of 82 games, we have 11 games left of the season. So basically, we have 13% of the season left. So out of 60 seconds, that's seven, eight seconds. That's basically eight seconds left of a minute. Dude, that is not much time. So, you know, the reason why I'm, the reason why I'm bringing all this up, man, I feel like everybody who's on this bandwagon of we should trade this person, we should trade this person, we got to let this person go, like, I feel like right now, man, Chicago Nation just needs to step up and be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to hold my thought. And we just got to cross our fingers, man, that the Bulls keep on playing like they did last night because they could seriously make some noise. And, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking that they probably won't, you know, make the finals or anything. But, dude, if they keep it persistent like that with the with with everyone on board, Patrick Williams bringing in some minutes, Pat Beverly bringing in minutes, like, Dude, they can if they would have just if they could have just played like this from the beginning of the season and been aggressive, dude, they would be in a completely different position than they are now. But basically, I feel like we just need the most positive juju right now going into the end of the season. <laughs> what you think? Hey man, I love the channel, dude. Keep doing you, man. Love it. Later. All right. And the uh, excitement over the Philly game, as I think a lot of Bulls fans were, he talked about the Bulls making some noise. And I just kind of went over in the last segment what the Bulls need to do. The Brandon defense absolutely can do that. The Bulls are streaking. If you look at, if it wasn't for that shot against um, Sacramento Kings, we would have a, what, five-game winning streak or something like that? It's, it's, it's wild to think of. The Bulls are playing their best basketball at the right time. And so... With that being said, let's see how this rides out. Let's see if the Chicago Bulls continue to play this way and we end up getting a playing spot and putting a chokehold on that, and then we'll see what happens in the postseason. Do I still have my doubts? Do I still have my concerns? Absolutely. But we'll see what that means for the Chicago Bulls in the long run. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Reginald from GA. Hey, hey, uh, this is Reginald from Georgia. I would just like to say it was a nice win uh, the other night in Philly. But, you know... The best you can hope for this team is like a first round win. So, and being a Bulls fan, I want more than just making the playoffs or having a good showing before you beat out. So, uh, like, what do you if you think? What do you think if the Clippers uh, choke again this year and get uh, run out of the playoffs? Do you think they decide? You know what? Let's blow it up. Uh, I don't. I don't really see anyone going after. Uh, why Leonard that hard? Because, you know, he is angry, bro. Uh, what about Paul George? Uh, what would you give to have Paul George in your starting lineup 
with next to Zach Levine and Booch. Um, do you think it would be possible for to trade, you know, Jamar and maybe Lonzo, considering that uh, they could use the CEE or career ending uh, exemption, and then uh, sign Jacob Pono so they can have, you know, Kawhi, Jamar, and Jacob. Uh, what do you think? All right. The best that we can hope for is a first round win. And I kind of agree with that, right? I think that's the best that we can hope for in this year. And that is even pie in the sky to a degree. Now, as far as what the Bulls need to change, changes are coming. And while I'll say, I don't know if Acme necessarily moves moves the pieces that we think that he needs to move, and he shouldn't, right? He's the GM. He's the, or the, the president of basketball operations. It's up to him and Mark Everly to determine what team, I mean, what pieces they think that they can continue to build around while adding some things to this team. Um, and so that's up to them. I, I can say all day that I think the Bulls should move DeMar DeRozan because he can net them the most value all day long. But if AK doesn't see that, then it's up to him to whatever he does see is to create the best team possible to put the best foot forward at that point. Um, and so, you know, we'll we'll see what it means. It's, the, the, the extensions and things coming like that. I don't know about the Clippers doing a trade with the Chicago Bulls to your question. Here's what I'll say is that, you know, I mean, anything is possible, especially if the Bulls do get that career ending exception for Lonzo Ball, which I keep talking about, but I even say it's it's probably less likely that that comes. Um, I don't know if the Clippers would decide to blow up. Now, Paul George suffered a bad injury last night. It may just be a hyperextended knee, but it look it doesn't look good. So I don't know if they look at that and then say, hey, listen, the injury concerns, things like that. But, you know, could something happen there with the Clippers for the Bulls? Anything's possible in the offseason. You never know how these GMs, how these these presidents of basketball operations, how any any executive on any team is going to look at their team after the season and say, huh, I don't see it for us. Or, huh, I do see it for us. We just need to tweak this. But anything is possible. And I do think, I do look around the league. DeJounte Murray is another player that I have my eye on long-term. If we do decide to move on from Lonzo Ball, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, um, there are a lot of players that I would love the Bulls to go after if they're available and veterans at that that should be able to plug in. But we'll see where it gets to. I, I I do think there's a higher than likely prop probability that we run majority of this team back with some key changes, as much as it pains me to say that, but we'll see. But thank you for sending in the voicemail, Reginald. That's it for today's episode of Chicago Bull Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. Like I liked it in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. It's game day. So I'll see you guys for the pregame, halftime, and postgame live streams all going down tonight. Like I liked it in every episode on. Love you guys. Go Bulls. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.